0: Hey, I'm Claire and I'm Janice. And this is the X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. We are breakup coaches here to help you beat
1: your breakup, heal your broken heart, and move on to an amazing, abundant life.
0: Hello everyone, and welcome to this week's episode. Hi, yeah. Good morning, good afternoon. morning afternoon wherever you are midnight it's all yes thank you for being (laughs) here and
1: well done getting support for your healing journey exactly nice work everyone yeah
0: today's Mm -hmm. topic is gonna be really cool um rescuer syndrome you might have guessed by the title of the episode (laughs) but before we get into it we just want to put another plug out for our Facebook group which is growing every day we're getting requests um Mm -hmm. it is such a supportive space it (laughs) is it's really
1: active too yeah which I think is great you know it's not the um you know it's it's smallish but it's very very active yeah yeah exactly so I guess I shouldn't say it's small it's like growing very very quickly but for the size that it is I think it's really active
0: yes yeah Mm -hmm. percentage Mm -hmm. of people in the group who are participating and offering support to each other Mm -hmm. and also Mm -hmm. you know asking for support who are sharing you know what they're going Mm -hmm. through on the walls it's where it's a single wall. I don't Mm -hmm. know how the Facebook house works, but it is really cool to see. And we do lives in there. Um, we are aiming to do them more frequently. Um, but the lives are super fun. We're able to offer some kind of one-on-one coaching, support. Yeah. A little more. Yeah. A little bit more tailored than our episodes. Um, yeah. The last one we did was super fun.
1: Oh man. We were high vibing after it was yeah. super great. So yeah. find us on Facebook at breakups, broken hearts and moving on. And please, please, please answer the membership questions. We have guidelines and we need to know who you are and what you're doing requesting to join so that we yes. maintain a safe space for everyone. So please yep. take the minute to do that because yeah. I will not let you in. Otherwise <laughs> I promise. Yeah. That's kind of our, <laughs> our
0: agreement is,
1: you know, yeah, I have to have integrity yeah. with saying that. So exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, and then next up we do have room in this coming month for coaching. Janice yep. and I do mm-hmm. offer coaching individually we have a few ways that we work with people. There's more information on that in the Facebook group, in the media section, um, but you can also just DM us and yeah. reach out for help. If speaking with one of us one-on-one, perhaps doing like a larger commitment, that's really going to help you get through this time in the healthiest way and like honestly set you up for Every future relationship you go into, yeah, we do
1: a lot of work, you know, looking at the past, but also, you know, looking towards the future. And yeah, exactly. Coaching what your goals are, like
0: Mm -hmm. action oriented. Definitely. Um, definitely,
1: Yeah. Yep. We would love to hear from you. And right now it's summer, and what a great thing to do with your summer, you know, add some pizzazz to it with some coaching. Yes. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Well, with that, let's get into the episode. So rescuer syndrome. Mm -hmm. So starting off with some definitions. So we make sure we're all on the same page.
1: Yeah, I don't think this (laughs) is as familiar as other relationship topics
0: right now. So let's get into what we're talking about. Yeah, I think things uh, become trendy and come Mm -hmm. in and out of style. So this isn't like necessarily like a buzzword right now, but a rescuer is someone who feels compelled to rescue people in intimate relationships, often at the expense of their own needs. It comes down to the simple fact that the rescuer needs to be needed. Yep. There's plenty of related terms for this, although each may have some subtle differences. They're used interchangeably by a lot of people. So there's white knight syndrome, savior complex, hero complex, codependency, excessive helping behavior. These all kind of fall under that umbrella of the rescuer needs to be needed. Um, And if they're not needed, their self esteem plummets. Yep, and we'll get into
1: other um, things that can happen when they uh, aren't in that role in a relationship. Yes. Yeah, and um, like Claire just said, the rescuer's self esteem can go down when they're not saving someone. It is both a relief and a rest, as well as calling into question the purpose if there is currently no one to save they will find themselves immediately searching for someone new to save. And I know this for a fact. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And if their (laughs) self-esteem doesn't go down, they might find themselves um, bored and not not fulfilled and yeah, Yeah. we'll find someone else. Um, Yeah.
0: Or even just not attracted to that person. Yeah. If someone doesn't Mm -hmm. need them, it's almost like, oh, well, there's no chemistry. And what Mm -hmm. it really comes down to is that they're not having to save this person over and over Mm
1: -hmm. yeah to avoid the ups and downs as people needing saving enter and exit a rescuer's life they may commit long term to someone who always needs saving yes this way the rescuer always feels needed even essential to the partner andrea andrea matthews writes in psychology today, there is always something that is needed, something that needs doing, some sympathy to fill, some hurdle to jump, some mission to accomplish, and it's all done with the greatest noble thoughts. For indeed, it does appear to the rescuer to be a noble cause. Like these, they aren't delusional. <laughs> yeah. All right. She goes on. He just can't imagine that what he is doing is not absolutely essential to the well-being, if not the survival of his partner. So it yeah. could be a real issue,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but the rescuer convinces themselves that they are absolutely essential to solving yeah. it.
0: Yeah. That mm. their, their partner is in effect incapable of doing it for themselves. Right. Um right. Yeah. I love how Shahida Arubi explained the different ways this can show up for people with different gender expressions. I love this as well. Yeah. So I'll read a section from her article on white knight syndrome, but I think this applies to Mm -hmm. rescuer Mm -hmm. syndrome as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So male identifying partners who are white knights may idolize women and put them on a pedestal, taking their notions of chivalry a wee bit too far. They may be actively drawn to women who seem helpless and need support, such as those with a history of untreated trauma or self-harm, and treat their partners as extensions of themselves, criticizing and controlling them under the guise of just trying to help. Subconsciously, they may feel resentment towards women who do not give them undying love and loyalty in return because They rescue, not necessarily out of pure altruism, but with the expectation or hope that their own needs will be met, that they will somehow be rewarded for their rescue effort, Absolutely. Yeah. I,
1: and I've seen this so often, um, especially men who really crave a relationship, you mm-hmm. know, may, um, stay in it and continually put themselves last yeah. and try and save the other person because they just want the companionship so bad. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think it's like, a you know, a, an over magnification of like the good guy complex, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. well, I'm saving them. Mm-hmm. Like they should love me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Undyingly in yeah, trying to do the right thing. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So then females. Yes. So female identifying partners who exhibit white knight syndrome may behave similarly, but as they are socially conditioned to take on the role of nurturers, they may be more likely drawn to taking care of significant others who have addictions, abusive patterns, or infidelity issues. They may be overly empathetic to the point of denial about the fact that their partners have Mm -hmm. any Mm self-control over their behavior. They may be more prone to making excuses for their partners, believing that they can't help it. And help to hide their destructive behavior from the world, shielding them from consequences or accountability. Yes. That accountability yeah. thing is huge. I've yeah. Yeah, seen
1: seen some amazing explanations for some in- pretty insane behavior yeah. out of people with rescuer syndrome. Yeah. Females. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's, you know, the, the crux of the issue is that they believe that their partner isn't actually like doesn't have any autonomy or control over their actions. So it still comes down to that, like I'm the only one with self control, and I need to take this person who like is incapable of helping themselves, basically under my wing. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's a bit dehumanizing, uh, yeah, really, to yeah. you know think that your partner doesn't have um, control over over their actions and do really, really harmful things. And
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: the psych center article rescuer rescuing, resenting, regretting a codependent pattern lists the following as common symptoms of rescuer syndrome. Rescuing includes doing things for others that they are capable of doing themselves, making it easier for others to continue their unhealthy behaviors, helping others avoid the consequences of their actions And this includes if you get treated poorly, yeah, they will, (laughs) they'll even say, they'll even excuse being treated like shit. Yeah. Um, Which that, I mean, leaving or ending a relationship is a consequence when you do that. But yeah, I've seen people let it go doing more than your share of the work, taking responsibility for other people, trying to solve their problems, helping out of obligation rather than because you want to, or people pleasing, which is related. Or when, yeah. I guess, uh, people pleasing would be a symptom or a trait of rescuer syndrome.
0: Exactly. That's Just it. feeling like you have to do it because otherwise this person's life is going to fall apart without you. So like, yes, you want to, but there's kind of like a resentment in there.
1: Yeah. I have
0: to do this again. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But and- you also really want to be that person that helps them.
1: yeah Mm -hmm. and you know thinking that it'll keep the relationship going or just simply not knowing how to say no many reasons yeah so the article continues certainly not all helping is bad or unhealthy to distinguish rescuing from true helping it's useful to question your motivation for helping and expectations regarding the outcome true help is given with an open heart with no strings attached
0: and no expectations yeah no expectations. So you may be a rescuer. If your self-esteem is based on your rescuing, if you don't know what your purpose in life is, if you're not saving someone, you're living vicariously through others and Mm -hmm. your self-esteem is linked to that action. Number two, you feel abandoned. And you start looking for someone to save in order to find that connection again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So if someone's like, hey, I got it. Like, yeah, Please don't. Mm-hmm. you're like,
1: oh, <laughs> yes. Or, you know, you could be trying to save someone who's con- who is having something that's a temporary issue and yeah. it will eventually get resolved. And then you might be like, well,
0: this well, is what boring. do I do now? Or You don't need me anymore. And yes, we'll go to yeah. someone else. Yeah. Number three, you gravitate towards those who are overly needy and dramatic and idealize the neediest people in your life. So, this could be in caring for the damsel in distress or playing the selfless nurture role. Yep. Yeah. Uh, number four, you feel like you have to micromanage others' lives. Mm-hmm. Ah. <laughs> You overly focus on the decisions and choices that others are making and try to stop people from making the wrong choice. But secretly, this form of control stems from a lack of control over your own life. Um, By focusing on assisting your partner to better themselves, you successfully take the focus off of addressing your own issues and problems.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you cannot manage your life and completely manage someone else's life
0: successfully at Mm -hmm. at once. Yeah, and this is, you know, something as coaches, we try to avoid micromanaging your life. Mm -hmm. Like we offer um, potential possibilities of what you could do but at the end of the day it is your choice Mm -hmm. on how you handle your breakup for example and we are not responsible for your choices and we're not responsible for you getting over your ex we're just here to help you yep cheerlead, provide
1: suggestions,
0: provide support,
1: um, have you bounce ideas off of, provide resources, all sorts of things. Exactly. But yes, and also we don't, you know, continually check on people to make sure they've done it. Yeah. Um, We don't, yeah, have emotional attachment um, to you making one decision or another. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So more symptoms of rescuer. You might be a rescuer if you take over the top action. Mm -hmm. Rather than doing a socially acceptable amount of work to help someone, you go overboard to demonstrate your care and value. This Mm -hmm. can be money, time, and lack of boundaries. Six, you always need to find a solution. This is a big one, and it's one that I've definitely seen. Saviors generally believe they have to fix everything. They often care more about fixing the problem than the person actually dealing with the problem does. But not every problem has an immediate solution. Certainly not one that one person can just come up with. Yeah. Seven, you might be a rescuer if you manipulate others when they feel distant from you. When a person you see as needing saving tries to be independent and make their own choices and deny you the rescuer role you'll feel abandoned and can resort to emotional manipulation to keep them small and needing you. And this could be whether you are aware of it or not.
0: Yeah, this is a big one. And I think it comes up, or at least recently I've been hearing it come up with codependence that (laughs) I don't know how to stop my slack from... Oh that's a cute noise. It is a cute noise, so yeah, that's you my have that
1: button on your computer
0: I do it's on oh yeah. <laughs> and then when I turn it off, I don't get them during the day, and I have to like visually make sure I'm not missing anything it's it's right. ridiculous. I'm sorry, guys, so this is a big one because like, um. I I feel like it comes up with, you know, codependence and then like narcissists or at least like toxic people um, in relationship with each other. The emphasis is usually on the toxic person being manipulative, but like the codependent person is also manipulative in a way because they need to be needed and they'll try to keep that dynamic going, um, you know, so that they feel safe and supported. So.
1: And they think in return, they're, you know, going to get the love or stability that they um, think they want. Yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with feeling compassion for others and helping them doing so without boundaries to the extent of harming your own welfare can negatively impact your life. Absolutely. Yeah. It is definitely about boundaries and also having to be a two-way streak. Y-
0: yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to go two ways. And, you know, I mean, they say relationships are 50-50. And I like to say that that is an average over time. Like, yes. obviously, someone can take priority during mm-hmm. a tough mm-hmm. time in their life. life. Mm-hmm. But they you will should switch off once that tough your, time yes. is over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So Because,
1: uh, you know, both people are going to go through tough times, you know, and the rescuer may need, you know, more support at other times as well. But, mm-hmm. you know, I've known people with these patterns and they don't allow themselves to be in that role.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: There's actually often a lot of chaos behind the scenes of a rescuer's life because they're so focused, you know, on the on the other On person. other people. Yeah.
0: Because yeah, they're trying not to deal with their own problems. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so why are rescuers like this? Because, you know, it has to be serving them in some way. Like oh, yeah. That's just mm-hmm. the rule with coping mechanisms is it does benefit them until it doesn't yeah so the rescuer may become the rescuer early in life so when you're a child this could be that you are assigned the role of rescuing your mother or father sister or brother or even the whole family Mm -hmm. over time and with building of rescuing skills This becomes the only method by which the child can feel connected to otherwise self-absorbed or self-involved parents. Their needs seem more urgent and important than those of the child, and the child learns to meet their own needs vicariously through meeting the needs of other people. Mm -hmm. So she learns that that's the only legitimate way to connect with others is to rescue them later in life she'll only seek out those who need rescuing in friends or in lovers for the sense that they need her because that's the only thing she's ever known of giving and receiving love and those who hold the identity of needing rescue for whatever reason are attracted to these people with rescuer type qualities yep yeah so the child has learned that rescuing a parent is the only way to connect with them. Since without a rescuer, the parent is too swept up with their own needs and inability to meet them to create a safe environment for connection with the child. The child begins to see that this is the only way to connect with people. So I
1: think that's definitely one cause of it. Um, but I just wanted to also touch on, you know, it might, so not everything is rooted in childhood, shit. A lot is. Um, but I've also known of people, you know, who maybe didn't have, um, Good foundation for having healthy relationships and so might have gotten into a relationship in which they played the rescuer role at some point and just really enjoyed the feeling and the adrenaline of feeling so important and then from that point on kind of developed this whereas they they might not have even had it before but the experience of having it was something that they like just
0: started chasing yeah it was so Mm -hmm. impactful that it changed them Mm -hmm. yeah like I I th- that makes me think about attachment styles and how, like, a lot of the times attachment styles are rooted in your childhood dynamics. But if you have an experience with relationships, even in adulthood, that is has the weight and impact, like enough of an impact that it can change you from like a secure yes. attachment mm-hmm. style to like mm-hmm. an anxious attachment style. Mm-hmm. So, yep. same thing here, it's not necessarily in childhood. But, you know, it's it it has to have had, you know, either an early or really yeah. weighted experience. Yeah, I was also to going to say this. it
1: could be like one of the f- a first relationship, yeah, you know, a relationship exactly. that was really formative or yeah. a relationship after a long break of not having one mm-hmm. um, that kind of caused this um, pattern to take effect. Yeah, yeah. All right, how does being the rescuer affect relationships? The rescuer seeks out relationships where they can rescue someone who will be con who will continually need to be rescued this could be an addict an alcoholic someone with an eating disorder someone with a mental health condition really low self-esteem uh, severe family issues mm-hmm. if this person ever does begin to build self-efficacy and independence it is not uncommon for the rescuer to manipulate them into staying small stuck and in need of rescuing yeah And yet the rescuer likely cannot continue depleting themselves by living to rescue others. They'll start to develop resentment to all the energy that is taking to micromanage and direct someone's life. And it is a lot of energy. This is not something that you just do here and there. It is an all day, all day constant thing. They see their partner as incapable of doing it alone and lose respect for their partner. They start to want their own needs other than to rescue someone to be met. The ones the caregivers didn't meet, like love, support, and a strong sense of self that isn't wholly saving others. Other causes of resentment can be that our help isn't appreciated, our advice or and guidance isn't taken, we sacrifice and ignore our own needs, we acted out of obligation and did things we otherwise wouldn't do, we feel neglected and like no one sees our needs and wants to meet them like we do for others. So if there isn't a high level of resentment, another pattern that the rescuer may develop may um, develop is becoming bored with a partner when the drama dies down and then seek out another person to save continually chasing the high of being the new savior in someone else's life Mm -hmm. so if you think you might think you might have these patterns but you might say well but I'm not resentful Mm -hmm. but are you chasing the
0: high of it are Mm -hmm. you getting bored Mm -hmm. um yeah and like we're not trying to make you pigeonhole yourself and start identifying with this it's more to you know call out perhaps that one person listening who kind of knows but isn't willing to accept it mm-hmm. um, yeah so or it maybe is trying to break it
1: with the person that they've just broken up with
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you may exactly. have broken
1: up with someone and be feeling really resentful because of all the saving that you did during the relationship. And, yeah. you know, the person didn't want to go on or it fell apart for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Well, is your anger and resentment coming toward or yeah. from a place of being the rescuer
0: and not yeah. you know, getting what you thought you were going to in return? Yeah. Or maybe, you know, you have been dating or, you know, you just ended something with someone that you're like, I don't know why, but I just didn't feel the spark. Mm. It could be because they actually were capable and insisted on saving themselves. Yep. And therefore, your your brain and body didn't read that as having chemistry, but you're like, on paper, this person would be perfect for me. We have all these good interests. We get along really well. I just can't see them as more than friends because- they're just actually really stable. Yeah. Are they too (laughs) independent for you? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So yeah. yeah. So how to heal, if you're feeling called out right now,
1: how (laughs) do you (laughs) heal? Identifying your patterns is the, is the first step. And I think that this is definitely one of these relationship patterns that can be changed.
0: Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it, you know, a lot of it stems from a lack of awareness and you can, be in a, in a conversation someone's like oh this is happening and you're like let me jump right on that here is exactly what you should do follow my five-pronged approach mm. do not deviate from it yeah i've got deviate. you you know mm. yeah and and you kind of just step in and take over you can have that awareness and be like oh <laughs> I wanted to offer you a solution and force you to take it. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually going to be intentional. And instead of being like, you should do this, be like, that s- sounds really hard. Let me know if you need help. Yeah, so that's what that's one example of like these actions that we're about to get into. So I got cool. ahead of myself. Mm-hmm. It all comes down healing all comes down to realizing that you can't actually save anyone. Like, this is literally an exercise in futility. You mm-hmm. cannot save anyone yep. except for yourself. Yeah. So,
1: and they have to believe that they can save themselves and solve the yeah. problem. Y- yeah. You
0: definitely can't do it for them. Yeah. And, you know, this is a very similar dynamic with coaching. We can tell you all this information, but mm-hmm. only you can choose to absorb it and actually act on it. We cannot save you. Yeah. So, The only problems are things that directly affect you. That's a (laughs) rule from now on. Mm -hmm. The only problems are things that directly affect you. They are not things that affect your partner, but don't affect you. Those, those are not problems for you to be looking at solving. Mm -hmm. That's for you to support your partner in solving for themselves. So, If it's a problem for you though, then you can take responsibility for understanding it and solving it. But if it doesn't directly affect you, it's not something you need to put your energy towards understanding and solving.
1: So that's kind of tricky when you're in a relationship with someone, because you might say, well, their problems are my problems because we're, we're together. Yeah. You know? And so it affects me. It affects Mm -hmm. you. Mm
0: -hmm but the part that affects you is how it is affecting your partner. Yeah. So uh-huh. your, you know, the problem can be oh my partner is being um, you know, more emotional than usual because they're going through some shit. So your your goal is to support them in that emotion range. It's not to solve the thing that's causing the emotion range. Yep. So Definitely. Instead of rescuing, you can Recognize what's your responsibility and what is not. You can stop taking responsibility for other people's problems, responsibilities, and feelings. That's a big one. Yeah. Those feelings are not your mm-hmm. responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You can practice consistent self-care. And this includes noticing and meeting your own needs. You and can... knowing that other people can do the same for themselves. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah don't give advice or help that was not asked for. Mm-hmm. Big one. Yep. Consider if someone does ask for help, consider if it fits your own needs, like you're not sacrificing your own needs in order to meet their need. If it fits with your current plans and availability, like you do not have to reschedule your life and cut out your sleep and Mm -hmm. your me time in order to meet a request from someone you actually can say no and then you can set boundaries and say Uh no when needed Mm -hmm. you can listen instead of act like the the act of listening is often what people want anyway. They don't want you to solve their problems. They just want an ear that's going to listen and like commiserate basically.
1: Yes. Yeah. True. I mean, that's how I am. Um, i definitely, um, you know, I'm very self-reliant and I want to make my own choices for sure. But once in a while, I just still want to like talk about it with someone. I was on the phone with a friend last night, just telling her about kind of like something that was going on a business, um, deal. And I had already made the choice. Um, but you know, I just, I hadn't actually spoken with someone about it and felt good to do that. And she just listened and I was, (laughs) I think that's what, you know, emotionally mature people do is just have. You know dialogue about
0: about things exactly mm-hmm. yeah um you can offer help in a low pressure way so instead of being like oh you need to do a b and c you can say let me know if you need help i'm here if you need me and if they do ask for your help or to talk ask what you can do don't just decide for them what the best thing is you know, like your friends that you were talking to yesterday, Janice, like um, they could have said, hey, like, let me know if you need any help. And you're like, actually, that would be great. Then it'd be like, What do you want me to do? Instead of, okay, cool. You said that you need 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 help. Here Mm -hmm. is like a pamphlet. Mm -hmm. Here's a folder Mm -hmm. of your action plan. uh, If you find yourself
1: saying you should do this or you should, should," or you know what you should do. Has anyone ever started a conversation with you like that? And that's something I've tried to catch myself if I ever do. Yeah. I'm really bad about this. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I am so bad about this. And I, it's like a constant thing. You can change yeah, of Catching being myself. Like, oh, yeah, uh, you should, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, um, because, you know, I think it's natural for humans, not just like rescuers to feel like they know best, um, you know, and that their perspective is the right one. But the thing is, is that we are all different. So what is the right thing for me is not necessarily going to be right for someone else. So and we need to figure that out on our own. Someone should do other than, like, you know, obviously, you know, you should not hurt yourself. You should not be mm-hmm. with someone who's abusive. You shouldn't, you mm-hmm. know, those shoulds, those are like universal, like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for protect sure. yourself. <laughs> so, um, another thing you can do is to let go of the results of your help. So, let go of whether someone actually takes your advice. Yeah, And whether it even works in the long run, like you are there to support them. You're not, you know, like obviously you do want the best for them, but whether a specific action works or not, that is no longer something you are responsible or in control of. So uh, another thing, match your friend or your partner's input level. So if you find yourself like realizing that you're putting in a lot more time and effort and money into the relationship than they are try to consciously (laughs) match what they're doing Absolutely, I think that is a really good rule, and I bet you anything
1: we're gonna have resistance to that in particular. I bet I think there's gonna be some people out there who aren't gonna like that, and probably say, you know, well, if I care about the person, you know, I'm perfectly willing to do these things. I want to Mm -hmm. do these things exactly. May want to,
0: but it's not necessarily the healthiest. (laughs) Exactly, yeah, Mm -hmm. and like going above and beyond is that because it's above and beyond what is normal and like socially acceptable and you know it can actually make people uncomfortable um and could actually be driving people away Mm -hmm. and kind of having the opposite effect that you hope it would um so you know yeah we've seen
1: that before haven't we
0: Yeah. Keep Mm -hmm. the above and beyond for very, very special, rare occasions. You know, we're not saying like never do that, but you know, it should be for someone who's demonstrated over time that they are someone who would do the same for you in those extenuating circumstances. It's not like every week you're just like going, right going above and beyond for this. Mm -hmm. It's like, Mm -hmm. they were having a really tough time one year. And so I, you know, gave them some rent money, you know, like something like that, like where it's, it's a very rare thing. And it's very appreciated at the time. And it's, you know, it's not something that's like giving, 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 giving one sided continually. So I guess you would need to know that the other person's willing to do it for you um here yeah as well. or uh-huh. or give it without the expectation you know and that's why it should be you know a rare almost singular circumstance mm-hmm. um because you know sometimes you don't know that someone would do the same for you okay yeah um but then you know you you just like yeah um you do it out of the kindness of your heart, not because you feel like you have to save this person, or, or you're trying to get close There's literally to them. no other way that they can get through this, or mm. you want to be someone really special in their lives. Right. And yeah, this is that's how a big you one. Prove it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it's mm. it's it is all about motives. Yes, <laughs> I
1: think people are driven by to be the rescuer because of this desire to be like the one in the yeah. person's life, mm-hmm. and yeah, to even be seen publicly as this person one
0: and only. Yeah. To kind mm. of be um like irreplaceable in a way like no one else would do this for you. You mm-hmm. know? It, it's kind of that's a it's it doesn't feel good. You know? So well, it feels
1: good to the rescuer, it feels momentarily, good to the rescuer but,
0: momentarily. But
1: mm, you know it It's gonna be exhausting it, in your like I said, you're gonna be chasing the the feeling.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, just a couple more points here, focus on collaboration over management. So you are together, um, say someone does, does ask for help together. You are collaborating on coming up with a plan for them that they then do themselves, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you're not going in and taking over. Um, and then finally accept your own limitations. You are not god the universe Mm -hmm. angels like you Mm -hmm. are just a human you don't know everything you can't save anyone who doesn't want saving it's just
1: you just yeah it's not what relationships are about and So uh, I just wanted to end with a quote that I really like about rescuing from one of our favorite ladies, Melody Beattie, um, author of Codependent No More. And she says, rescuing someone is like trying to catch butterflies with a broomstick.
0: Poor butterflies.
1: (laughs) Probably not going to happen Not good, <laughs> well. it's but gonna be exhausting little wings mm-hmm. yeah yeah possibly yeah. <laughs> you know people need to be able to do things for themselves and yeah if you try and rescue them you might you know actually injure
0: them a little bit along the way exactly mm-hmm. yeah you kind of force them into like um I think uh yeah helplessness mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like a term for, I mean, it comes up a lot for like animal training, but also for abuse victims where, um, you learn that there is nothing you can do to get out of the situation. Oh, the best example is the elephant example. Um, so like a baby elephant is taught is, is tied to a stake and it pulls and pulls and pulls and it can't, Pull away from the stake. So, as it grows up into this giant animal who Uh could easily pull the stake out of the ground, Uh it stops trying. Uh And that is learned helplessness. Like the elephant's freedom is totally within its grasp. It's way stronger than this tiny little stake in the ground. Uh But because it has all this experience of not being able to solve its problems for itself, it stops trying. And, you know, same thing for the you know, the helpless victim rescuer dynamic is the helpless victim has a couple, um, you know, experiences where they needed to be saved. Uh And so they start to believe that they will always need to be saved and therefore stop trying to solve their problems. Yeah.
1: You know, I think in truly toxic savior syndrome relationships, you know, the person who's being saved might really start to get off on it as well and then it can just become this never-ending yeah. cycle of um yeah helplessness and saving inside of the relationship and that's just not you know that's not an abundant relationship that's yeah. not why we're here to you know love other people uh, exactly. relationships are meant to be joyous it's not meant to be just non-stop drama like that yeah. i really believe yeah yeah hmm. Well, awesome. what do you think of the episode, everyone? Please let us know. We're always, you know, excited to hear from you in the DMs. And if you want to have a chat about Rescuer Syndrome, head over to our Facebook group.
0: Yeah, come join in.
1: And if you, <laughs> <if>
0: you want to <laughs> say
1: even more about what you thought, you can always leave us a review. And if you do leave us a review and want to DM us, send us a screenshot of your review with your address. And we've got some really cool stickers that we'd love to get in the mail to you as a thank you
0: yeah and they're they're low-key stickers like you can yeah. put them on your hydro flask and mm-hmm. no one will know that it's like a breakup sticker yeah they do um, <laughs> not say be my breakup yeah <laughs> it's like my heart's broken yes. but i'm okay <laughs> you know i i right. yeah they're they we were very intentional they're just hmm. positive and yep. they're head over
1: I, to our ig and you can see what they look like yeah, we're yeah, getting trying to minimalist. entice you to head over there it. Mm -hmm. yeah
0: so we designed them with lots of love in mind and for them to be something that you would actually use and like put on your laptop or put on your water bottle that sort of thing so yeah yeah exactly
1: so send us a screenshot and we'll be in touch with um with a thank you and thank you for tuning in if you think that you might have rescuer syndrome tendencies remember that you can absolutely beat this there are lots of resources you know this is Mm -hmm. a starting point for you Um, I think it's definitely something that you can turn around and I think if you turn it around you're going to have more joyous exciting fun sexy fulfilling satisfying relationships for sure
0: (laughs) all right yeah and this is the perfect time to be looking into this like That's why we focus on breakups because Mm -hmm. it literally is just the, it it is a time for reinvention. Yeah. Like analyzing yourself and choosing a different path, choosing to break patterns that have not been serving you. And so we're so excited that you're listening and that we're on this journey with you. And yeah, we will speak to your ears very soon. (laughs) Uh, Bye. Thanks for listening to X Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. If you like this episode, tag us on your Instagram story so we can connect with you. And you can find me, Claire, on Instagram at claire loftus, and me, Janice, on Instagram at ForMachella. If you'd like
1: to join our online community, find us on Facebook at Breakups, Broken Hearts, and Moving
0: On. and here's a preview of our next episode. Each day you wake up, you need to recommit to this work. Every time you stumble, you have to recommit again and again and again. Stumbling is part of the process. Recommitting is necessary. Commit to yourself at the start, moment to moment, every day, week after week, choose and commit to you. When you commit to choosing to stop people pleasing, stop accepting crumbs from your partners, start setting the bar higher, you choose you. You're worth it. Choose you.